Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message connects with you, that inspires you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged and enjoy the message. Guys, last week we started a little series on access because as we said last week, we're kind of tired of being told where we can't go. Right? We're a little bit discouraged by all the places that are shut down. And, and you know, half of the country, or I'm making up numbers, a lot of the country is on lockdown, and they just they can't even can't go outside except for groceries and things like that. And things like that. And so I am pleased to announce, I'm pleased to preach to you that kingdom speaking, kingdom speaking, we have all access passes. That kingdom speaking, that we can go and we can do and we can accomplish and we can push things forward. Where we seem to be limited by where we can physically go these days and what we can do for entertainment, what we can do even for work. What we're not limited in is where we can go spiritually and what we can accomplish on a spiritual level. These are all access passes and, and we talked a little bit starting last week about the access that we have to God's presence and some of the things that we can enjoy there. It's a fitting series for just after Easter because it was on Good Friday when Jesus was crucified that the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, representing the fact that God's presence would no longer be separated from humanity, that divinity and humanity could come together. It's not that the, the line between the holy and the common was blurred. It's not that at all. It said because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, God allows his righteousness to live in us, his people. So it's not that the, the division moved, it's just that it moved to include us. And now the presence of God can dwell in us, in the church, because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And that is all access. Last week we started talking about all access in the realm. And I really hope that, that a lot of you took to heart what we had asked and the challenge that we set before you last week to make a time every day to worship the Lord, to praise Him for who He is and what He's done. Uh, to come into His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise, it sets the stage for everything else that you're going to accomplish in His presence. It, it reminds you of how amazingly large He is that he can handle just about any situation. It gets your mind in, in line with faith. It says, you know what? If I remember what God has done for me previously, and I've praised him for what he's done previously, now I'm building my faith that, that the situation that I'm facing now, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, if he did it for me then, he'll do it for me now. And so that's the essence of worship. That's the purpose of praise to exalt the name of Jesus, to lift him up, to make him big in our minds as well as our spirits. And we begin to, to set everything up to go further in God's presence. And this week, we continue to go further into God's presence in our all-access passes because once we've accessed the presence of God and taken a moment to stand in awe of him, then it's time to get down to business. Then it's time to make our requests known to God. Then it's time to 
come to the throne of God in prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about some of the all-access passes we have to talk to God, to influence destinies, to change situations, and to do amazing things when we come to the Lord in prayer. And that's part of the access that we have under this new and everlasting covenant. Chapter number 4, verse 16. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We come before the throne of God and we say, God, I need your ability in me. I need you to send me some mercy. I, I need you. And we're invited to do so boldly. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's an all-access pass. We are invited into the presence of God where things are different, where things changed, where situations can be altered, where destinies can be affected. And all of that can happen as we approach God in prayer. In prayer. A couple of things real quick, and then, and then we'll sign off with a, with a huge challenge for this week as well. But a couple of things about access to God in prayer. The first thing is that access to God through prayer, access is influence. If you have access to God, you can have influence with God, and that is affected through prayer. Access is influence, and the truth of the matter is, is that you can influence your situation every time you come before God. The greatest example of this in the whole Bible is a beautiful young Jewish lady named Esther. You guys maybe know the story of Esther, and, and I don't want to, to spoil it all for you. It's, it's a kind of a long story. As a matter of fact, it takes up a whole book in the Bible, and I, I invite you to go and read it because it's an incredible story of God's miraculous power and how he's, he's working through his people. But just the Cliff's Notes version, right? Uh, of the story of Esther. Esther is a young Jewish lady, beautiful lady. She's an orphan, and, and, and she is living in around Babylon, so somewhere uh, there in, in the Persian Empire. And the king of Persia at the time is Xerxes. And he, he doesn't serve the Lord. He doesn't, he doesn't know anything about God, but he knows that, that these Jewish people are living inside of his kingdom. He throws a party for himself, and he invites his wife, uh, at the time, a lady named Vashti, uh, kind of a horrible name. You're probably not going to see that in a baby book. Vashti invites her to come in and, and uh, to show off her beauty, and she refuses, and it's not a good thing to refuse the king. And so he kicks her to the curb, and he's looking for a new queen. Now, it's good to be king, and so, so what he does is he goes and he, he sends out people all throughout his country, all throughout the kingdom, to find the most beautiful, eligible young women and come and try out to be his king. And so he takes a turn with all of them. It's a little strange to the modern reader, but again, this king didn't serve God. This is a, a completely different culture. But moral of the story is uh, he, he tries out all of these women, and the, the one that captures his heart, the one that's the most beautiful, the most graceful, is a girl named Esther. 
And so Esther, this orphan Jewish girl, becomes queen of Persia, the wife of Xerxes I. Now, there's a bad guy in the story, and his name is Haman. Haman hates the Jews. He hates the Jews with everything that, that he has. And so he devises this plan, and it's a la- an elaborate plan. Again, please go read the whole book of Esther. There's some incredible things in there. He devises this plan to get rid of God's people. But how many of you know that the plans of God always triumph over the plans of the enemy? And, and what the enemy intends for evil, God works for good. And so, so at the end of it all, Haman, Haman tricks the king into signing a decree that on a certain day, all the Jews would be killed. But that's not where the story ends. Because there's a cry out for the Jews. They cry out to their God, and God's got somebody on the inside. He's got the girl named Esther. And so, so Mordecai, who raised Esther, a great Jewish leader, a leader in the community, goes to Esther and says, hey, Esther, here's the thing. You've got to go talk to the king for us. You've got to go talk to the king. I know that the plans of God are going to supersede the plans of the enemy. I know somehow deliverance is going to come through some way, through some somebody, some way. God is going to bring deliverance for his people. But how do we not know? But maybe God has put you in this position for just this time. And so Esther says, okay, you know, I, I'll go to the king. I, I know the consequences. Esther knew the consequences. If, if she went before the king but wasn't invited, then she could end up dead. If she went before the king and the king didn't accept her, she wasn't invited, then, then the penalty is death. And so she gets up some courage. She knows that she's got this burden to, to represent her people to the king. And she goes before the king. And through, a, through a, a long series of events, and it's pretty dramatic, honestly. There's, there's some gallows and some banquets, and it's a great story. You need to go read it. But through a long series of events, eventually tells the king what Haman has done, how he has, has tricked the king, King Xerxes, into saying that all the Jews will be killed on a certain day. And that would even include Esther. The king is livid, and, and the penalty ends up falling back on Haman, and Haman is hung on the same gallows that were meant for, for the Jews and for Mordecai. It's a great story, and the people of God are delivered through Esther. If we take a moment and we step back and we just look at all the people that are, that are interacting in this story, one thing that stuck out to me is I, w- I, was, I was thinking about it, preparing for this message. I was like, you know what? It's not that Esther's message was any different. Esther, Mordecai, every Jew out there had the same message. That these, the people of God, deserved to live. They did not deserve death. They, 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 they deserved what God had for them, and God had already spoken life over them. That was their message their message is one of pleading for mercy and, and leaning on, on Jesus, on God and the covenant that would be established through Jesus to deliver them even in the Old Testament. That was the message. The message to the king was have mercy and listen to the plan of God. Everyone had the same message. But not everybody had 
If you went to the city gates, you could find a lot of leaders in that day that had the same message. But they could talk among themselves, but what they couldn't do is talk to the king. Esther had access. And because Esther had access, Esther had influence. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I have been granted access to the presence of God. And because we have access, because we can talk to God face to face, even if we have the same message and we, we're crying out for the same, same relief as everybody else on planet Earth, right? even if we have the, the same thing that we're saying, over, what sets us apart as a church is that we have been granted access to the ear of the king. Ladies and gentlemen, access is influence, and we have access to God's ear. And I'll tell you this, it is a huge mistake on our part, a huge mistake on our part, if we do not bring our needs before God. If we just assume that, that, that because it's kind of common knowledge and because we're all facing the same thing, it's a huge mistake if we don't bring our needs before God because our access equals influence and who knows what He may do on our behalf. God is interested in what we have to say. Now, does God know the situation even before we bring it to Him? Absolutely. God knows everything. But He's interested in what we have to say. Not in vain repetition or mindless chance, but in honest, transparent conversation. And the truth of the matter is, I wonder how many times that we have missed miracles. I wonder how many times I have missed a miracle in my life because I did not use the access that I had to influence a situation. If we look at the, at the New Testament, Jesus had the parable of the persistent widow in, in Luke chapter number 18 lady kept crying out for justice over and over and over she kept accessing she kept accessing the the judge over and over and over she kept coming before him and finally he said you know what because you keep coming to me because you have this access and I can't stop it because I keep seeing your face and you keep bothering me with these things I'm going to do something on your behalf and Jesus was teaching us to persist in prayer to continue to use the access that we have to even change the mind of the king you and I have access to God's ear and the truth of the matter is ladies and gentlemen that you can change situations that you can stretch paychecks that you can protect jobs that you can mend relationships that you can affect eternities that you can advance the kingdom if you just ask to use the access that we've been granted. James 4, second part of verse number 2 and then verse number 3 says this, you don't have because you don't ask. You ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. You don't have because you don't ask. So let's ask. What do you need today? Do you need to stretch the paycheck? Do you need to mend relationships? Ask. Use your power of access to influence. The second part of that verse is a great segue. It says, you ask, you don't receive, because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. It's a great segue to our second point. First point is that access is influence. Second point is access is information. Talking about prayer. Access is information. Do you know that you can know the will of God? 
that you have access to that? Do you know that you can know the plan of God, that you have access to that? You have access to that information. You have access to the revelation of the Holy Spirit inside of you to know God's will. It's possible for you and I to know the will of God in the big picture kind of way, the kind of way that, that, that when you read the word of God, you see God's big picture uh, idea for the for the grand scheme of things and humanity in general. We, we can know that. We can also know it in a very specific way for our personal lives. Romans 2, 12, or 12, verse 2, says this, Don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. By having the mind of Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, we have access to know God's will for our lives through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. The Bible says, who can know the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? Who can know the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? But you know what? We have been given the spirit of God by the Holy Ghost inside of us. You and I can know the will of God. We can. That's part of the access that we have when we come into God's presence through prayer. It's our right. It's even what God asks us to do to find out what his will is. God, what do you think about this? What, what's your will here? I've read your word, and I understand your big picture. I understand your nature and character and your plan and your will for humanity. What's your will for this situation? What's your will for, for, for my job? What's your will for my family? What's your will for my kids? You know what? There's so many things out there that the Bible is very clear about, about, about God's will and that his plans for all to come to repentance and things like that. There's so many promises, and that's the will of God. We can know the will. We can also know the plan of God. See, the will of God and the plan of God are different, right? Because the will of God is, is kind of God's perfect plan. His will is what he wants to happen. It, it's, it's, it's what would have happened had humanity not had a free will. Right? So, so you've got God's will is kind of the perfect scenario. And then you've got God's plan. And God's plan is what probably will happen given the free will of mankind and the decisions that we make. The perfect example of this is like is like prison ministry, right? Well, it's not God's will for anybody to go to prison, right? But humans have a free will, and so humans can walk outside of the will of God by our decisions, and choices have consequences. Next thing you know, uh, you end up with, with somebody in prison. Now, that wasn't God's will. But it didn't take God by surprise either. So then enter God's plan. And God's plan and God's purpose through that situation may be that, that he takes somebody who knows some of the word of God and, and just, just went the wrong way and restores them and makes them a minister even inside the prison. And, and through that, he's able to bring uh, hundreds of, of guys or girls into God's kingdom. So it wasn't God's will that they ended up there. But after they were there, God had a plan and a purpose of redemption to use where they were to propagate the kingdom of God. You see, see how that works? you got God's will on one hand. You can know that for sure. You also have God's plan on the other hand, and they work together. God's will is usually big things. You can find that in the Word of God. God's plan 
It's what happens after I've already made some decisions to go this way or that way, right? God's plan, God's purpose, it's at a personal level. You can know that. You can know what God's plan is for you personally, even in the mess of this COVID-19. Was this the will of God? I can't imagine. Is it part of the plan of God? Absolutely. It didn't take him by surprise, and he's setting some things up. And I don't know if this is like the end of the end, last days thing. I personally believe that, yeah, it's the beginning of sorrows. This is the, the beginning of the end, or maybe the middle of the end. I don't know. But, but, but I believe those things. But it's in God's plan, and you can know the plan of God at a global level and a personal level through prayer. And if you know the plan of God, and you know the will of God, then suddenly you find yourself in a great position to negotiate. And I love this about God, that God allows us to negotiate with him. It's like Abraham for Sodom and Gomorrah, right? So, so Abraham knew God's plan because the, the angels revealed to Abraham, said, hey, I'm not going to hide from Abraham uh, what I'm about to do. I'm going to tell him because he's my friend. And so, and so, so God revealed to Abraham what was about to happen in judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah. He knew the plan. Abraham also knew the will of God. What's the will of God? The will of God is justice. That's the character of God, right? That he wouldn't punish the righteous with the wicked. He says, far be it from you, God. What if we just find 50? Right? What if we just find it? on and on and on? What if we just find 10 righteous? He knew he knew the character of God. He knew the will of God was that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's that's what's written in Second Peter uh, three nine. It says God is not slack concerning His promises. Some count slackness, but long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thousands of years before that was written, because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Abraham knew the character of God, knew the will of God. And because he knew the plan of God, now he was able to negotiate. He came before God in, in prayer. Say, God, I know what you're planning. I know that you're planning this destruction. But I also know your will and I know your character. And so let's talk about this. If there's just a few righteous people, will you spare the city? And they negotiated it out. Ladies and gentlemen, you have access to information through prayer. And if you know the plan of God, and if you know the will of God, if you've got some scriptures to back you up, then suddenly you're in a very strong place of negotiation, and you can negotiate things out with God and get stuff done. I'm talking about affecting your reality right now. I'm talking about affecting your tomorrow with the prayers that you pray today. This is for you. This is very personal. But it's set up that way because you and I personally have access to God through prayer. Access. It's all access. Access is influence. Access is information. So, so here we go. A couple of quick and practical things. This is the invitation. Access the invitation to prayer. A couple of quick things is going to be very practical, right? There's a, some, so many incredible resources out there on prayer, and, and there's so many great books or audio books or even paper books if you still have those. And I've, I've read just several that were just incredible. You know, the prayer by, by E.M. Bounds, uh, published a hundred years ago, 
still just an, an incredible uh, resource. You, you guys can read that, the Intercessory Prayer by Dutch Sheets, an incredible book. He actually spoke at the Ridge Assembly Sherwood several years ago. There's so many things. Uh, people do series all the time. I did a series on the Lord's Prayer uh, back, I guess, last year, and that's available on the podcast if you want to check that out. There's so many things available. And so, and so I want to keep this very practical. Let's get down from 30,000 down to this ground level. There's a couple of things that I want to challenge you with. We're going to end with the main challenge, but a couple of things that you can do to use the access that you've been given. Okay, First thing, pray continually. Pray continually. The First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. In context, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Pray always. Don't get caught up in the, hey, you know what? I've got I've to set aside 20 consecutive minutes. And here we go. Ready? One, two, three, go. Okay. Be in an attitude of prayer. As the need arises, then pray right then. Be in constant communication with God. You know what? It's a lot easier to have real conversation with someone that already knows something about you. So be aware of the presence of God. That's one of our purposes at the Ridge, right? One of our visions is that we walk with an awareness of the presence of God. So do that and be in prayer continually. Secondly, schedule time, right? So this is not in this is not in opposition to one. It's it's also it's kind of in conjunction with. So pray always, pray all the time, always be in an attitude of prayer, but also schedule time, right? Uh, you probably schedule time with, or if you're the boss, you probably schedule time with your employees, and you have set moments where you talk things out. These are the important things. You talk casually all day long. You, you, you share information that's great. But a lot of times, you have a scheduled meeting where you come uh, together, and you've got an agenda. So it's okay to make a list. It really is. It's not weird. If, if you need to make a list of things to pray about and have that on your agenda, then come into the presence of God with worship, go through the Lord's Prayer, enter His presence through that covenant uh, prayer, and then talk to God about all these things. Bring that list before him and it's not please don't consider god a cosmic santa claus right so it's not just a list of all the things you want it's also a, a list of hey god uh, you know what i see this ministry opportunity uh, would would you can i get into this right you report on on the status of some of your ministry projects right god is interested in what you're doing uh, it, he knows these things he's got angels observing things he, he knows everything but he's still interested. It's a great time to bring a praise report before the Lord and say, God, I really feel like, you know, I shared the gospel with so-and-so, and, and man, they, they, they are, are being drawn, and thank you. And so you report, but you do that through a scheduled time. Thirdly, you make a sanctuary. Make a sanctuary. You're going to hear this over and over and over and over, especially uh, while we're social distancing. Make a sanctuary. It may not be this building, right? It may not be the church. It shouldn't be because that limits you to very few times a week that you can come into God's presence. Make a prayer closet. And everybody's, everybody's personality and everyone's uh, kind of the way they do things is a little bit different. And so 
honestly, some of the most incredible prayer that I've ever done. It was on a mountain bike riding trail. And, and, and now I don't bike a whole lot, but I have a workout room and I ride the elliptical machine and it's, it's on the top floor of the house. And so I joke and call it the holy mountain. But the truth of the matter is that if I really want to do business with God, that's where I can go because that's just the way I operate. Right. So so whether you need a prayer closet where it is like super quiet and there's soft music playing or whether you need some activity like going for a walk or something like that to be able to connect with God, make somewhere a sanctuary where you can meet with God. So pray continually, schedule time, make a sanctuary. Last but not least, remember how important it is to pray. Sometimes when we get busy, we let the urgent eclipse the important. Sometimes when we're in a lull and maybe not so busy, sometimes then we let laziness eclipse everything but the most important things. So please put prayer toward the top of your list of important things to accomplish every day. Because know that between your access and your information that you can affect eternities. You can affect your life right now. When Jesus gave us access to God through prayer, he did so so that we could have the abundant life that he talked about. And so if you need, if someone you need, someone you love is hanging in the balance between heaven and hell, that's important to bring before God. If you need someone to provide for your family, then there's a ton of promises out there in the Word of God. I can tell you that if you look, that you can know the will of God, you can know the plan of God, and all you need to do is bring that need before God and stand on faith and trust that He is going to do something incredible. You can affect your own destiny and your own family if you will take a minute. That's why it's so important. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. If you live in the central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to be part of our live community. You can join us Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at the old Park Hill Elementary Building. That's at 3801 JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.